The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. Today's world news, what it means, where it's taking us. I bring you the one and only possible message of royal peace. This is a message of hope, tremendous hope. And he said unto me, you must prophesy again. The Trumpet Daily Program begins right now. As an attorney who is also a Christian, I take my responsibilities as a lawyer very seriously, and I endeavor to be a person of sound moral and ethical character in all of my dealings. In the wake of the 2020 presidential election, I believed that challenging the results on behalf of President Trump should be pursued in a just and legal way. I endeavored to represent my client to the best of my ability. I relied on others, including lawyers with many more years of experience than I, to provide me with true and reliable information, especially since my role involved speaking to the media and to legislators in various states. What I did not do, but should have done, Your Honor, was to make sure that the facts the other lawyers alleged to be true were in fact true. In the frenetic pace of attempting to raise challenges to the election in several states, including Georgia, I failed to do my due diligence. I believe in and I value election integrity. If I knew then what I know now, I would have declined to represent Donald Trump in these post-election challenges. I look back on this whole experience with deep remorse. For those failures of mine, Your Honor, I have taken responsibility already before the Colorado Bar who censured me, and I now take responsibility before this court and apologize to the people of Georgia. Thank you. Pathetic. How pathetic. There's Jenna Ellis. Uh, We used to follow a lot of her work a couple years ago as she, with Rudy Giuliani, she was right on, uh, right on it with the election steal. But now, now, of course, there's the, the plea bargain or agreement. She's agreed to testify against Trump after uh, admitting, I didn't even read all, this is just this morning, breaking news, so I'm not sure what she agreed to, maybe misdemeanor charges like uh, Sidney Powell, but we'll see, we'll see. Here are, here are the individuals that know, they absolutely know that the election was stolen in 2020, but now, you see, they're made a target, they're made a prey as it says in the book of Isaiah. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We certainly appreciate you joining us on today's show. You can get to the live video stream of this show at trumpetdaily.com. Just go to trumpetdaily.com. Watch every weekday morning at 11 a.m. in the central time zone of the United States. You can also watch the replay every evening at uh, 8 p.m. central time. That's at uh, LFA TV, Live from America TV. That's also over at Rumble. And, of course, our own Rumble channel. That's uh, rumble.com forward slash Trumpet Daily. And you can get to the live stream there and also watch all of the programs after the fact. If you'd like to email the show, the email address, td at thetrumpet.com. Lots to get to on today's show. And guess what? I left. It's a downpour today. We really need the rain, which is nice. I was running a little bit late. I left the house without my notes, without my computer, so Sam is trying to help me out even as we speak. He's pulled up my notes. I usually send him a copy right before the show, so I have it here online, which uh, which is nice, but usually I have the hard copy in front of me as well. 
I do have my Bible. Thankfully, I brought my Bible. Open your Bible and read along with me. This is uh, 2 Kings 14 and verse 26. I mean, you think about that prophecy for a moment. The fact that there's just no helper. I mean, even, even President Trump's closest advisors and attorneys, they're flipping. They're flipping. So many of them. Verse 26 says, For the Eternal saw the affliction of Israel, that it was very bitter, for there was not any shut up, nor any left, nor any helper for Israel. There's just no help whatsoever. It's, it's Donald Trump, just like we said in that, that January issue of the Trumpet magazine. He's there standing virtually alone. Look at all of the forces arrayed against him. Verse 27 says that God will, he will, nevertheless, he will intervene. And the Eternal said not that he would blot out the name of Israel from under heaven, but he saved them by the hand of Jeroboam, the son of Joash. I mean, this is, this is what's happening in the, the nations of Israel today. This is what's happening in the United States today. Tomorrow's news today, make sure if you haven't subscribed already that you uh, subscribe to the Trumpet magazine. The 800 number is 1-866-930-3024. Since I don't have my notes, this is what I should do the entirety of this show. Just plug all of the websites, trumpet.com, the trumpet.com, I should say, the trumpet.com, the Rumble channel, the email address, the 800 number. If you haven't subscribed to The Trumpet, make sure that you do today. This is, uh, this is from uh, the article, Ready for War. I think this was uh, back in January of this year. It says, whose goal is it to blot out the name of Israel? It says that would be Satan, the devil. It says here, he hates everything God stands for, including what God wants to accomplish for the world through his chosen nation. Satan wants to destroy America, and sadly, he's doing a terribly effective job. It says here, but God is not going to allow that. And he talks about, uh, again, the intervention coming from Jeroboam, saved by the hand of Jeroboam. Here come my notes. Hopefully I can, uh, I can read them if they're uh, big enough on the font size. <laughs> We'll see how that it goes. What a strange day. We certainly need the rain, however. We need the rain. This is from my father's piece from April of 2021. It says here, Satan has the power to conduct great evil and not only hide it, but then accuse others of committing it. Look at, look at, I gave you that story yesterday. The election deniers in Connecticut, they're running for the office of mayor. And they both are accusing the other side of cheating. They're both election deniers. Do you think either of those Democrats are going to have to give a pathetic plea deal in front of a judge and, and in front of cameras as well? She's, she's sobbing, Jenna Ellis. She's crying in front of the judge, in front of America. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry that I ever denied the results of the 2020 election. I'm sorry that I, didn't, that I didn't vet some of the other lawyers that I worked with. I guess uh, Rudy Giuliani. She's turning on Rudy. Poor Rudy. Now, as I said yesterday, you can, 
you can somewhat sympathize with these people that don't want to just be destroyed financially because of the, the process. But still, still, how about, how about going down with a fight? If you're going to go down, what about fighting courageously? You don't see much of that today. It says here, we saw, we saw this with Obama's use of the deep state in general and the Mueller investigation specifically. It's an example of the depths of Satan that Jesus Christ warned about. That's Revelation 2 and verse 24. This is uh, taken right out of America under attack, this book here. We have this on the table every day, so even if I forget it, it's still going to be here. <laughs> it's still going to be here. The 800 number, if you want a copy of America Under Attack, it's 1-866-930-3024. My father says, you can prove the real purpose of the Mueller investigation, but Satan knows that if he, he, if he makes it complicated enough to require a deep study in order to understand it, most people won't do that. And he can deceive them. He makes it a little bit complicated. Most people won't look into it. They'll just look. The clickbait is Jenna Ellis switched. She flipped. So did, so did Sidney Powell. Donald Trump must be guilty. They don't really uh, delve into the subject in any depth whatsoever. And so look at how Satan is able to deceive so many Barack Obama, the dear leader, he's, he's dis discussed at length in this book, America Under Attack. He, uh, he came out with a statement regarding the, uh, the Hamas attack on Israel. That's uh, now, what, 17 days on? He had the tweet. After three days of silence, he comes out with a tweet denouncing the Hamas attacks. And now he comes out with a, a full-length statement, a longer statement, basically saying, you know, Israel, Israel needs to abide by the laws of war, just like uh, Joe Biden has been saying. This is uh, from the dear leader. He says, but even as we support Israel, we should also be clear that how Israel prosecutes this fight against Hamas matters. How Israel prosecutes this fight, it, it matters. Israel is to have its hands tied behind its back. That's what, that's what the dear leader is suggesting here. Israel can't really fight like Hamas does. We're, we're producing uh, a video, by the way, on the Hamas attack. You talk about being guilty of all kinds of war crimes. In fact, it's in the, the New York Post, if I can uh, find it. It's later in, in my notes the notes that I just now received, so bear with me, <laughs> bear with me. I can't find it, I can't find it. The New York Post says the IDF's releasing all of this, all of these videos showing just how horrific the attack was from 17 days ago, how horrific it all was. Can't find it. Continuing from the dear leader's statement, he says here, as President Biden has repeatedly emphasized, that Israel's military strategy abides by international law. Notice how they go on and on and on about international law. And uh, you don't want to be guilty of war crimes. And you better not, you, you just better make sure there's not one civilian 
that dies in your bombing campaign. What a standard that Israel is held to. Obama says, still, the world is watching closely as events in the region unfold. And any Israeli military strategy that ignores the human costs could ultimately backfire. This is Obama's take. He's talking about Israel's strategy. He's just like all of the protesters taking to the streets in London, waving, waving the Al-Qaeda flag, waving the jihadi flag, calling for jihad. That's right. (laughs) The dear leader, he's right in step with the protesters that have taken to the streets around the world. And they all have one common enemy, as I covered yesterday. And who is that enemy? That would be Israel. That would be Benjamin Netanyahu. Oh, oh yes. That would be the Jews. The Jews are the common enemy. Obama says already thousands of Palestinians have been killed in the bombing of Gaza. See, he, he just like feature story news at the top of our hour, we play it for you. They're left wing. They're quoting the Gaza Health Ministry the Hamas-controlled health ministry that says already thousands and thousands and thousands, 1,700 children, one of them said yesterday, just echoing, echoing the reporting or the facts, quote-unquote, of the Gaza health, the Hamas health ministry. We're producing a video, as I was about to say, that is going to give you Well, more than an hour of footage. There's no narration even. You can just see for yourself what happened on October 7th, 2023. Were it not for the IDF, a lot of these images, they're being scrubbed from social media. They're being erased from the internet. Because you don't want to see what Hamas does to Jews. Let's just talk about what the Jews are doing to Hamas. Let's make Hamas the victim. How about that? Obama says here, the Israeli government's decision to cut off food, water, and electricity to a captive civilian population threatens not only to worsen a growing humanitarian crisis, it could further harden Palestinian attitudes for generations. Here's Obama scolding the Jews. Because they're not giving food, electricity, and supplies to their enemy. The enemy that attacked them in broad daylight 17 days ago. Murdering civilians, pregnant women, children, decapitating them. In, in one case with a shovel. Taking a shovel out of the, uh, the victim's garage and just cutting off his head 17 days ago. The world's moved on from that. The the internet's working hard, overtime in fact, to scrub that from the record. I mean, it's straight out of Orwell's 1984. Let's Let's just retell the history. We're only 17 days on from this horrific attack, but listen, the the real victims here, that would be the Palestinian people. So says the, the dear leader. Israel, of course, says, why would we supply 
our enemy. Why would we provide them? What, what, if Egypt wants to do it or Jordan wants to do it, fine. But we're not going to give them electricity and food and supplies. Here comes uh, Barack Obama. Barack Hussein Obama. To say that, hey, you've got to supply the Palestinian people. It's just, he's the party line, right? It's just a tiny, tiny, tiny sliver that is Hamas. All the rest, they're loving Palestinians. They love Jews. They just want to be a part of the international community. Obama says here, it's therefore important that those of us supporting Israel in this time of need encourage a strategy that can, that can uh, incapacitate Hamas while minimizing further civilian casualties. So he says all the right things later on in his piece. He talks like he's supportive of Israel. What a smooth talker. What an angel of light. When Muslims do something horrible to Jews, then you see these Marxists, these communists, they come out and say, hey, the Jews need to, they need to aim for peace here. We need a ceasefire. And then when something bad happens and it's carried out by Jews, I mean, you'll never hear the end of it. As I say, what a standard. What a standard Obama is holding the Jews to. There's, there's no possible a positive outcome here for the Jews of Israel. That's why the longer they wait <laughs> to carry out this full-scale invasion, the worse it is for them. Speaking of the dear leader, by the way, you may have seen the report that he was there. He was at Martha's Vineyard. He was home when the chef died. Remember that? From months ago? And, and right away, we were told, oh, the Obamas were nowhere near Martha. They were out of town. And then, well, they might have been there, but they weren't actually at the house. And then now, now look at what we know. Where, how come there isn't any interest in the regime media? Well, this is a serious case. It's not like your chef dies every other week. This is from PJ Media. New information from a FOIA request now places Barack Obama on the scene sometime after his personal chef, uh, Tafari Campbell, went missing and was later found drowned. The new information was first reported by Jesse Waters on Friday night. <laughs> so it takes Jesse Waters uh, applying for this Freedom of Information Act just to get the truth. The police, they're happy to cover it up. The media, happy to cover it up. We have new information tonight. In the drowning death of Obama's chef, Waters revealed, the Massachusetts State Police responded to our FOIA request and released their report with some redactions. According to the report, Obama was on the scene shortly after Campbell went missing. The report also states, an unnamed female staffer jumped into the water when Tafari fell off the board, his board, but it was already too late. He disappeared. So he just, I guess he drowned under these mysterious circumstances. But, you know, the dear leader, the dear leader, he's not to be questioned. He's not to be doubted. He is to be believed. Whatever he says. And he comes out and he says, listen, it's the Palestinian people here. 
who are in grave danger. Forget about the Jews. Forget about what happened October 7th. Let's just talk about Israel and making sure Israel abides by the laws of war. Make sure that Israel obeys international laws. That's what he says. Listen to this laughable exchange. This is a reporter asking the White House spokesperson, KJP, uh, what about the rise in anti-Semitism or violence against Jews? Notice how she responds to this, clip six. This level of concern right now about the potential rise of anti-Semitism in light of everything that's going on in Israel. So a couple of things, um, look, um, uh, we have not seen uh, any credible uh, threats. I know there's been always questions about uh, credible threats. Uh, and so I uh, just want to make sure that that's out there. But look, uh, Muslim and those perceived uh, to be Muslim have endured a disproportionate uh, number of hate-fueled attacks. Uh, what about the rise in anti-Semitic uh, sentiment and or crimes against Jews? Well, let me tell you about the crimes against Islam, Muslims. That's, that's, that's actually her response. What is it in London? A rise of 1,350%? That's right. We've invited them all in. Radical Islam is in our midst. They're carrying out violent acts against Jews. And when asked about this, there's your White House spokesperson saying, look, the problem we're concerned about is violence aimed at radical Islam. Violence aimed at Muslims. And so they continue. One lie, one big lie after another. Listen to this exchange. This is Victor Davis Hanson on with uh, Laura Ingram last night, clip three. America is, is obviously being played because we're weak economically and, and culturally. And to that point, a poll earlier this summer found that only about 18% of people ages 18 to 34 now say they're extremely proud or proud to be an American. Back in 2013, that figure was 85%. Is there going to be a rally around the flag moment with this situation and this culture, Victor? No, because young people see all the advantages in being anti-American. That, that's the culture at college, that's the culture in the media, and they feel that they adapt, it, adapt to it rather than reject it and be patriotic, then they'll benefit. Yesterday we talked about the problem with uh, education, played those clips from Bill Maher. And as Hansen brings out here, it pays to, to hate your country. If you're in America or in Britain today, you receive benefits for hating your country. And so few people will stand up and speak the truth. Instead, they comply, they submit, they surrender. Listen to Nigel Farage. He's uh, on with uh, Sky News Australia. Listen to, listen to what his take is on what's happened to Britain, clip four. I think what happened in London on Saturday with 100,000 people on the streets uh, was different in the sense that, yes, of course, uh, they were shouting jihad, they were shouting curse to the Jews, and I'm being allowed to do this, which is totally astonishing. Uh, but it was the intimidatory atmosphere. It was the, the real difficulty that the police had uh, in dealing with a lot of very aggressive young men. Uh, I tell you what, uh, to anybody that told us 20 
20 years ago that all diversity was good. The more people we allowed in from different cultures, the richer and better our country would be. Well, have a look at what happened last Saturday. Yeah, have a look. But then there's still, like Hansen says, there, people are still in denial. Uh, I went through those stories with you yesterday about the Metropolitan Police in London. They're making excuses for Al-Qaeda, of all things. That wasn't really uh, an ISIS flag. It was a, an Al-Qaeda flag. So don't worry. Don't worry, people of London. You're okay. They weren't really calling for jihad. Jihad has a lot of different meanings. That's the, the police in London. Farage has a more realistic take. We open the floodgates to mass immigration coming from some of these nations that have all of these radicals. And look at what's happening. Look at, look at who are taking to the streets. When Israel comes under attack, the Washington Free Beacon. It says here, the Associated Press instructs reporters and organizations that rely on its style guide to avoid referring to Hamas as a terrorist organization. The AP, the Associated Press, they have stories picked up by the international news media all over the world. They won't call the Hamas terrorists. That's reserved for MAGA supporters who visit the Capitol on January 6th. We played the montage for you the other day of Jake Tapper over and again. Terrorists. Terrorists who stormed the Capitol. Grandmama, the terrorist. But when it comes to Hamas, this is why this video we're producing is really so important. Just so that you can, you can actually look at what happened on October 7. It's not, it's not going to be easy to watch. We'll tell you when we, uh, we post it on our Rumble channel. It's not going to be easy, but it's the truth. And look at how quickly the truth is scrubbed from the internet or blotted out from the internet. If it doesn't fit precisely within the favored narrative, then just delete it. Just blot it out. Pretend like it didn't really happen. It says here, this is from a BBC presenter, British politicians know perfectly well why the BBC avoids the word terrorist. And over the years, plenty of them have privately agreed with it. Calling someone a terrorist means you're taking sides and ceasing to treat the situation with due impartiality. Here is the holier-than-thou position of the BBC, of the Associated Press, yeah, we don't use the word terrorist because we want you, the viewer, to decide. Now, if a hospital blows up, we'll tell you right away Israel did it because Hamas told us Israel did it. This is, really, this is really pretty sickening stuff that we're talking about here. The hatred. They're not even trying to conceal it. Their hatred for Jews. Their hatred for their own nation. Their own country. The self-hatred. There's another story here from Just the News. It says here, Biden, Biden has appointed the most anti-Semitic, anti-Israel people to important posts we've ever seen. That's according to a Zionist organization of America president, Morton Klein. The most anti-Semitic administration we've ever seen. And of course, that's the way the dear leader wants it. 
because he hates the Jews. He wants to see the Jews blotted out. He favors Iran. He supports Hamas. He supports Hezbollah. Says here, Anthony Blinken, Mahar Vitar, just gives a whole bunch of examples in this piece that, as I say, it's over at, at Just the News. They won't call Hamas terrorists at AP or at uh, the BBC. But you start talking about Donald Trump, then, I mean, you can use whatever language you need to use. Listen to, <laughs> this is Eric Swalwell speaking about the prospect of Donald Trump coming back as president. Here's clip seven. And that's what we have to do in this upcoming election is just get past this election and democracy has a chance to live forever, mm-hmm. but it also has a chance to die. The clown show on full display. This democracy, I mean, the democracy could die forever or it could live forever, says this representative, this congressman. Listen to uh, this MSNBC host talking about how even as the world goes up in flames, just think about how much worse it would be if the bad orange man was in power. Clip one. Um, And it's the first time that I think a broad coalition of Americans realizes that if Donald Trump were president right now, the world would be a much, much more dangerous place with the Middle East on a on a hair trigger, um, with threats of violence at home, with Jewish American communities, with Muslim American communities terrified right now. The country probably couldn't handle a Trump presidency. You you wonder if some of these same people, when we're actually in the great tribulation, when our nations are being destroyed, when our people are being taken into captivity, you wonder if they'll still get on the TV every night and say, you know what, I know, I know it's great tribulation such as what the world's never seen. But just think about how much worse it would be if Donald Trump was the president. It's crazy. This is Trump derangement syndrome for sure. Trump TDS. Just think about how much worse it would be if Trump were in there. (laughs) But look at what's in there now. Look at what's happening now. Look at what's happening all over the world now. This was Jesse Waters last night, clip five. All right, so in the last three days, Joe Biden has said Israel should delay ground operations, then Israel should have a ceasefire, then Israel should not have a ceasefire, and then wait until hostages are released and then we can talk. Joe Biden doesn't have the verbal precision or the backbone to lead our country in a dangerous world. It's now been reported that Joe Biden is forcing the Israelis to delay ground operations, handing a major victory to terrorists. Biden's dragging the war out in Israel like he's dragging the war out in Ukraine. We're hearing the White House wants all of the hostages released from Gaza before the Israeli ground campaign. And Hamas has over 200 hostages and are drip, 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 dripping them out. Last week, two out this week, buying time and buying good PR in the Arab world, even in Congress. Meanwhile, the White House doesn't even know how many hostages there are. Do we have any updates on the plight of any other Americans still being held hostage? 
I wish I knew the answers to those, uh, uh, Jonathan. Uh, we, we don't have a, a great sense uh, of how many more Americans. Are they don't even know how many are in hostage or held hostage. The guy with the purple scarf there. No idea. No idea what's going on. And as Jesse brings out, drip, drip, drip. Two hostages released. One of them I saw just before we came to air. On film, on video, talking about how wonderful it was to be in captivity with Hamas. They treated us so nicely. Oh, yes. It was just, a, it was like a, a retreat in many ways. Like a, we were on a holiday vacation. And the common enemy among all of these people, these movements, that would be Israel. Here is Joe Obama. Joe Obama handcuffing Israel. That's right, Barack Obama, he has nothing to say. Three days, sends out a tweet. Then another seven, eight, nine days pass. And then finally he comes out with his statement. And his statement is, Israel, you better abide by the, the rules of war. You better make sure that there's no Palestinian casualties. Otherwise, the whole world could turn against you. When we come back, we'll conclude. We'll, we'll carry on with the theme that we, uh, we started yesterday on the Bible study segment, uh, going through Isaiah 59 and also get into Zechariah 14 as well. So if you don't have your Bible nearby, now is the time to get it, to get ready for segment two. You're listening to Stephen Flurry, and this is the Trumpet Daily. We'll be right back. Every particle of human suffering, unhappiness, misery and death has come solely from the transgression of God's immutable law. Obedience to God's law liberates us from all unhappiness, pain and suffering. It frees us from captivity, from spiritual slavery. Obeying God's commandments guarantees a life overflowing with joyful abundance. For much more on this subject, request a free copy of the Ten Commandments. When you make your request, don't forget to enroll in the Armstrong College Bible Correspondence Course. This 36-lesson course is a distance learning program that will help you to get to know your Bible. Each month, you will receive a lesson that guides you in discovering the answers to life's most important questions, all from your own Bible. Your enrollment has already been paid for. Enroll today. Email your request to td at kpcg.fm or visit thetrumpet.com. Yesterday we took you through a few verses in Isaiah 59 and also chapter 60 just to repeat a little bit from yesterday. Verse 8 of Isaiah 59 says, The way of peace they know not, and there's no judgment in their goings. They have made them crooked paths. Whosoever goes therein shall not know peace. As I said on yesterday's show, I mean, there is a way to peace. But man doesn't know the way. Man has rejected that way because it has to do with law and government. And that's what this passage really, <laughs> that's what it culminates in as you get to the end of Isaiah 59, the start of Isaiah 60. 
You see the government of God in action. How important is God's government? Government is everything. It's not enough. It's not enough to just give the rules or to meet with Hamas or say, hey, we're going to send you $100 million. Just make sure it gets to the good people, okay? Hamas says, of course, of course, that's all we want. And then they take it and they use it to produce more weapons so that they can kill Jews. It's in their charter. It's in their charter. This is from the New York Post. This was the article I was looking for in the first segment. I forgot. I tucked it into segment two on my notes. It says here, the Israeli Defense Forces shared a harrowing 43-minute compilation Monday of Hamas's surprise terror attack that killed more than 1,400 people, including an interview with a terrorist who admitted that he had clear orders to kill women and children, even rape the bodies of the dead. Rape the cadavers. That's right. Obama, Obama didn't really have time to address any of this. I mean, that's kind of, that's old news. That's 17 days ago. Come on now. Says the horrific videos and pictures shared with journalists contain graphic evidence of Hamas gunning down, torturing, and decapitating civilians during its invasion across Gaza on, uh, across the Gaza border, I should say, on October 7. One of the videos shows the shocking moment a group of terrorists disguised as IDF soldiers flagged down passing cars before shooting the occupants. Just shooting civilians as they drive by, pretending to be IDF soldiers, and then gunning down drivers, passengers, and cars. It says the bodies are then dragged out of the vehicles and left on the side of the road. And then it quotes these Hamas people, admitting that they became like animals. Think about the, the opening article in this uh, issue of the Trumpet magazine. World leaders who no longer have a human mind. People are wanting to, people are seriously targeting Jews right now. And you've got this going on. Animals. Animals. And they admit it. They admit it. It's things a person doesn't do. Beheading people, having sex with dead bodies, meaning the body of a dead young woman, the terrorist said in a video published by Khan, Israel's public broadcaster. It's not humans that do that. These were individuals hopped up on drugs, hopped up on mind-altering drugs so that they could just go coolly and calmly through these kibbutzes. And kill mothers and children, animals, dogs, anything that moved. Just shoot them dead. Decapitate them with a shovel. And the dear leader, he's telling us about the possibility of war crimes carried out by Israel. Of all things. It says here, the member said that they were also told to stomp on people's heads and behead them likening his group to ISIS and calling Hamas inhuman. Another video reviewed by reporters shows the moment one victim was brutally beheaded using a shovel. 
if you want to talk about war crimes, this is what you should be talking about. This! But Barack Obama won't do it. The BBC won't do it. The, the Associated Press says, hey, we're not going to call them terrorists because we don't want to come across as biased. So we're just going to let you decide. Well, for one, we won't even talk about these atrocities. Well, we won't call them terrorists. We'll say that Israel blew up the hospital. And then we'll say, now you decide who, who really is the terrorist movement here. How about that? This is in the, the World Tomorrow booklet. I mentioned this yesterday. Herbert Armstrong's masterpiece. A beautiful vision. Colossians 3.2 says that we need to set our hearts, our minds on the things above. Here's how you do it. You look at the world today, and I tell you, we need, we need a steady diet of the world tomorrow in our minds, in our hearts. The Bible says that we need to be people of vision. We need to see into the future. Mr. Armstrong says, Governments promise peace, but they bring wars. They promise benefits for the people and then extract from the people the cost of benefits plus excessive costs of government. Government promises are empty. This is the world today. Mr. Armstrong, at the start of that book that you see there on the screen, he contrasts the world today with the world of tomorrow. He says, We fail to find in human government any knowledge of life's purpose or dissemination of the true values. People talk about peace just like the fake president did last week. We will do anything for peace, he said. And wars just continue to erupt. And then the deranged, the deranged regime media, they get on the air and say, well, it's bad, okay, but just think about how much worse it would be with Donald Trump at the helm. It says, when we take a hard, cold, realistic view of conditions and trends, they do point inevitably to a fast-approaching world crisis of combined nuclear war, starvation, uncontrollable disease epidemics, crime and violence, and the extinction of human life on this planet. That's what we're heading toward. That's what we're heading toward. And you get coverage like you got on MSNBC the other night that, hey, it's, it's, oh, it, it's kind of bad, but just think about how much worse it could be. These people, they're going to be probably saying a similar message. Even in the midst of this great tribulation, on this show, I mean, we'll give you the truth. We'll give it to you straight up. This is what's coming. What we're seeing now, it's just a little bit of a, of a foretaste of what's ahead. So we better be ready. We better be emotionally prepared for what's coming. Verse 20, there is hope. Notice this. And the Redeemer shall come to Zion. And unto them that turn from transgression... In Jacob, saith the Eternal. You see, the, the Redeemer is coming, as I covered on yesterday's show. Verse 1 continues, Arise, shine, for your light is come, and the glory of the Eternal is risen upon you. See, the immediate future for our people, for our nations, it is very dark, indeed it is. But there is hope. There is a radiant future that is coming. 
Verse 2 says, For behold, the darkness shall cover the earth, and gross darkness the people, it says, but the eternal shall arise upon you, and, and his glory shall be seen upon you. This is talking about the wonderful world tomorrow when God's people, the church of God, will be born into the family of God, when we'll be these radiant spirit beings living forever. I was just telling the students in Principles of Living this morning how that this life is just a training ground. It's just so temporary. It just goes by so fast, fleeting. God compares us to a blade of grass in the scriptures, to a little vapor that just soon disappears. He wants for us to use these precious moments we have. I mean, he, he says that even the physical makeup of the human body, it's fearfully and wonderfully made. It's a marvelous creation. He gets to the end of Genesis 1 and he looks at all that he's created, including human beings, and he says, this is very good. I like what I've made here. He equipped us with a human mind so that we can think and reason and make decisions and appreciate culture and all kinds of wonderful blessings and benefits. But he gave us that mind power, that human spirit, so that it can join together with his, hum with his Holy Spirit, I should say. Read, read 1 Corinthians 2. What God is offering us. Spectacular. Verse 3 says, And the Gentiles shall come to your light, and kings to the brightness of your arising. The people of this world, all nations, not just the Israelite nations, all nations coming to the light. The light that is God's family. Notice Zechariah 14. This uh, speaks of the return of Christ and uh, just the, dr the dramatic change that happens on this earth at that blessed event. Verse 4 of Zechariah 14, it says, And his feet shall stand in that day upon the Mount of Olives, which is before Jerusalem on the east. It says, And the Mount of Olives shall cleave in the midst thereof toward the east and toward the west, and there shall be a very great valley, and half the mountain shall remove toward the north, and half of it toward the south. This is referring to the second coming of Christ. The mountain there will split in two, the Mount of Olives. Verse 5 says, And you shall flee to the valley, or through the valley of the mountains, for the valley of the, the mountains shall reach unto uh, Azel. Yea, you shall flee like as uh, you fled from before the earthquake in the days of Uzziah, king of Judah. And the Eternal shall come, and the saints with you. See, Christ is coming back, and then the saints, they're going to be there with him. They're going to be resurrected to spirit, spirit beings. This is the truth of the Bible. This morning we spent quite a lot of time in class about the pagan immortal soul doctrine. You just see that running right through themes in music, movies, television. The truth of the Bible is filled with hope. The truth of the resurrection from the dead. The second resurrection. When everyone who's ever lived will have an opportunity to learn the way of God and to live the way of God. Verse 7 says, But it shall be, it shall be one day which shall be known to the eternal, not 
day nor night, but it shall come to pass that at evening time it shall be light. Lang's commentary says here, at, at the time when according to the natural course of events, darkness should set in, a bright light dawns. Just at its darkest hour, finally God will illuminate the earth with his truth. Verse 9 says, And the eternal shall be king over all the earth. In that day shall there be one Lord, and his name one. One Lord, one supreme leader, ruling the earth with a rod of iron, with the help and the assistance of a faithful and loving bride. God gives to his bride power. Power over the nations. Revelation 2, 26 and 27. Read it. Read about what's coming to this earth. Read about what's to soon replace the governments of this earth. Well, you can read about it right here as well. Verse 16, it says, And it shall come to pass that, that everyone that is left of all the nations which came up against Jerusalem shall even go up from year to year to worship the king the Lord of hosts, and to keep the Feast of Tabernacles, to keep the feast, everyone on earth, going up, at least the heads of families, going up to Jerusalem to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. God establishes his government on this earth, and of course right away he's going to put down stubborn and hard-headed rebellion, and then immediately the process of re-education begins. And people are taught about what it means to observe the Feast of Tabernacles. What it means to go up and to keep the feast. It's talked about right here in Zechariah 14. Verse 17 says, And it shall come, sorry, and it shall be that whoso will not come up of all the families of the earth unto Jerusalem to worship the king, the Lord of hosts, even upon them shall be no rain. And if the family of Egypt go not up, and come, and come not, and have no rain, there shall be the plague wherewith the Eternal will smite the heathen that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. See, this is how God punishes in love. God punishes those who disobey His commands during the world tomorrow. This is why there's going to be widespread obedience to the laws of God. Love and peace, prosperity for all. When everyone's finally living in accordance with the holy laws of God, those laws that are just and pure and righteous and holy, Romans 7 and verse 12, read it. <laughs> this is the solution to all of the problems that we're seeing just, just piling high on this earth today. So much lawlessness, transgression, sin, and so many curses to go along with it. Verse 19, it says, This shall be the punishment of Egypt and the punishment of all nations that come not up to keep the Feast of Tabernacles. This is how God rules the world of tomorrow. He rules it with a rod of iron. He uses supernatural force where necessary. He enforces the laws of God. He says these are the, the laws that we're to abide by. These are the festivals that we're to observe and to keep and the whole world will benefit from that 
soon coming reign of Jesus Christ over all the earth. We've got a minute, a few emails. If you'd like to email the show, by the way, you can reach us at tdatthetrumpet.com. You can send us your feedback and we might even read it on the air. Our Rumble channel, remember, is rumble.com forward slash trumpet daily. You can get to the live stream of the show every weekday at 11 a.m. and also watch the show after the fact. My Twitter handle, which has not been so active in the last few days, sadly. That's at Stephen Fleury. This email says here, I heard the show this morning, and I must say, uh, it was not only inspiring, but truly insightful and motivating. Thank you for such a refreshing and thoughtful program. I couldn't agree more with your message. Thank God for all of you. He gives so many truths and instructions through all of your presenters and speakers. Thank you so much, and God bless. Another one here says, Egypt has their border closed because they don't want another million new neighbors that they will have to support. Guess who will end up with new Palestinian neighbors? The good old U.S. of A. The U.S. of A just takes them all in, <laughs> no matter where they come from. One last one here says, thank you again for the candid and truthful presentation of facts regarding the state of affairs in the world as it relates to Bible prophecy. We live in a world guided by the will and emotions of people blinded by the devil. As I say, if you'd like to email the show, you can reach us, tdatthetrumpet.com. We thank you for, first of all, this is Stephen Flurry, and you're listening to or watching The Trumpet Daily. Thank you for joining us on today's show, and we'll see you again tomorrow. <laughs>